Good day, everybody. Welcome to our radio show. Peter Padilla here with you today. Enjoying the spring into summer. It is summer right now and all the fun things going on this year at this time of year. It's coming up. The big holiday next week, 4th of July, Independence Day. And we're excited about that because I think back to a lot of 4th of July's and Independence Days of the past. Lots of great times, lots of great fun. It seems like, oh, in 2014, I had the, uh, yes, the family reunion. And then 2013, it was the high school reunion. And then 2012, ooh, I remember that year. That was the year that housing prices hit their bottom in northern Nevada. Do you know the median home price then was $150,000? You'll be amazed at where it is if you don't know now, but we're going to talk about that later in the show. We're going to talk about great commentary that was submitted to one of the local publications by a good friend of ours here at Nevada Real Estate Radio, Jock Ockeltree. And Jock is a realtor extraordinaire here in northern Nevada because he specializes in homes that are on or near golf courses. So we're going to hear what he has to say from his article, The Secret of median home prices. Also, we'll be continuing our conversation about the big event coming up for August, and that is, yeah, you're right, is the 25th anniversary Reno Blues Society Dance Party. A lot of fun, it's gonna be great. One of the best musicians in the country is gonna be here to perform. His name is Roy Rogers, and I heard he's bringing his guitar with him too. Those two kind of go together. We're gonna talk about that coming up later on the show with a member of the Reno Blues Society, Roger Slug, will be joining us. Also, Dr. G, Karen Gedney, is going to join us and talk about not only blues music, but the prison world and her interactions with the prison world when she was there for 30 years. She thought she was just going to come in and maybe see a prisoner for a couple hours, say hi, and the next thing you know, she's there for 30 years. We'll find out how it really happened. We'll be back after this message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our show today. <laughs> if I sound like I'm a little out of breath, it's because I was running around my backyard chasing ants. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Finally, I'm going to do it. I'm tired of those ants. They're coming up the back window, and I know that they can move them, if you will, to a different location so they're not bothering me and my family. They are the experts when it comes to pest control because that's the mo most important thing they do. They control pests. Not all of them need to be exterminated. No, no, no. There's a lot of good pests in the world, and Truckee Meadows Pest Control, they know which pests which, which uh, little bugs and little critters, pests if you will, have a great purpose in life. So they'll leave them alone or move them to another area. Call Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604 in Northern Nevada, and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio, I have Dr. Karen Gedney with us. She is the author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Welcome back to our show, Dr. G. Thank you, Peter. Are you enjoying the summer weather? I love the heat. Oh, you must have loved the heat for 30 years. I mean, the heat inside a prison. Wow. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I know we've talked about your book before, but it's really an amazing read. It is, like I tell people, it is like going to a movie and being able to see all that happen. Uh, amazing what you put together, Dr. G. How are things and how is the response to the book? Well, I find it very interesting. Some people who read it actually reach out and contact me and said, you know, I couldn't put it down. Mm -hmm. 
And they've also said that they never thought about it that way, and in what way could they help me? And mm. I think that's the greatest impact of writing a book. Did anybody call you and say, Dr. G, I read the first chapter, I was bored to death. I Not just put yet. it down, I gave it away. Not yet. <laughs> I can't imagine that anybody would do that. Uh, had you written a book before, or was this your first outing? That is my first attempt at being an author. Mm -hmm. And I know people say your first book always tends to be autobiographical, so no surprise. Mm -hmm. Mine was a memoir, mm -hmm. and it wasn't so much for me. It was really to show the outside world what the prison looks like through the eyes of someone who actually wants to heal mm -hmm. instead of shame and punish and put people back so they go around and around in a circle. Mm -hmm. And that was my intent to mm. make an impact just to get people to think differently about problems. Well, you know, what was interesting about this book is that I know that it was mostly about prisoners, people who were in prison along with yourself and the other, um, you know, the other officers, the officials that were at the prison, but mostly it was about the prisoners. And I didn't, for the most part in the book, I didn't really think of them as prisoners. I just thought of about people with different characters, different identities, the, the same kinds of... Uh, let's say devils in their head like I have in mine and they're just regular people uh, one of them reminded me a lot of them, one of my brothers and another one he reminded me of, a, of one of my sisters <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think that's part of the book is to get people to realize that if you end up in any place whether it's an institution mm -hmm. or a particular career there are individuals yeah. And to treat everyone the same makes no sense whatsoever. You know, when you plan out a crime, Dr. G, you plan it out for months, years, whatever it is, and then you assemble all that you need to commit a crime, and then you set yourself up for timing to commit the crime, and then you actually commit the crime. That's a whole lot different to me than somebody who in a moment of passion or with a sleight of hand makes the wrong decision, turns the wrong way, looks the wrong way, hooks up with the wrong person, and then his life changes. Uh, in many cases, those two types of, uh, of, of advance before the crime, they're many times treated the same thing, the same way. Was that a topic of discussion amongst the prisoners that, hey, it was just, it happened in an instant? I would say that probably 98 plus percent of my guys mm -hmm. that I took care of, it was wrong place, wrong time, wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. The type of guys you're talking about who plan it for years, those people tend to be in the higher echelon and they do not get caught. And if they are, they're given fines. They're treated differently. Really? really? That's my perception. The planners, huh? That's yeah. my perception after being in the system for so long. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I guess I wasn't looking at it from a, uh, let's say, a white-collar situation, but more so as a unibomber situation, you know? Sometimes yeah. it just festers. Yeah, those are rare. The white-collar crimes, those people spend time and energy, mm -hmm. and if they do get caught, they have high-priced lawyers and mm -hmm. can make bails mm -hmm. and usually pay fines. So is there it, is a real difference in justice. But isn't one of the big defining lines the physical element? If you physically assault somebody, if you physically touch them, if you once you lay your hands on somebody, that seems like it elevates it all to a higher level. 
That's absolutely true. And usually when people are physical, it's because they have been trained that way mm -hmm. or they grew up in an environment where that was common or they have poor impulse control and mental disorders. Mm -hmm. So it's or not it's so much just a rage. So maybe it's not so much that they're a criminal or even a criminal to be is that they have mental issues. And I have a feeling that maybe perhaps a big percentage of inmates in uh, incarceration across the country have mental issues, or why else would they be there, Dr. G? Does that, that's not what they planned. Well, I think if you look now, you'll read that the largest mental asylum in the United States now is the LA County Jail. Mm. And our country, because of its way it deals with mental illness, mm -hmm. we don't treat it very well. And a lot of those people, unfortunately, turn to illicit drugs to cope mm -hmm. or other sorts of activities to cope, which spins them out into the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with Dr. Karen Gedney. She is the author of 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. And one of the reasons that Dr. G is here today, besides to talk about this fantastic book, it's a great read. She's here to help us talk about the world of blues music. And joining us to visit with us about that is Roger Slug. Roger is the historian for the Reno Blues Society here in Northern Nevada. Welcome to our show, Roger. Hi, Peter. Good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. You look like you've been enjoying some blues music to me, my friend. Well, as you know, you got me started on this. I <laughs> grab uh, half a dozen uh, album covers on my way down, yeah. and then it's kind of a jumping-off point, can be a jumping-off point for our conversation. So I did that again today. Excellent. Now, you also are wearing a certain piece of attire there. Every time you come, you wear a, a different a t-shirt or a outfit that has a logo on it. Would you pull it down so we can take a look in that? That is the Marty Cools Blues Review KXCI 91.3 FM in Tucson, Arizona. Every Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m. streaming live. And that's Marty Cools. Huh? That's a show that I help with when I'm down in Tucson for the uh -huh. winter. And it's, yeah. he, he's been doing a four-hour blues show on Saturday nights for 35 years. Oh, very nice. You know, and that's... that's uh, and it's available online, kxei.org. So oh, very nice. Can so be, can be heard here. People are enjoying the blues all across the country. It's not just here in northern Nevada or from the south where it originated. It seems to be almost everywhere. Almost everywhere, and especially in the L.A. Uh, County Jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Blues. Blues is, is yes. there. So it's interesting. I was chit-chatting with some uh, people that are probably in their mid-20s this week, Roger and Karen, and I was talking about some of the things we're doing here at our radio show and the people we have come in, and I talked to them about the Reno Blues Society, the 25th anniversary dance party. I said to the young man that was there, he was probably 25 years old, I said, can you tell me what you think about blues music? He said, blues music? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I went to a, a place recently, and it was a bruise and blues. And, and he said, it was great. It was great. And the young lady sitting next to him that was probably in her 20s, she said to him, oh, you would go anywhere where it says bruise, wouldn't you? He says, well, I guess so. I said, so bruise and whatever, right? But it was interesting that that's what his first thought about blues music was, was this event that he went to, and it had a lot of beer. So I asked the young lady, same question, what do you think about blues music? And she said, well, you know, I don't really listen to it on streaming, and I don't really listen to it on the radio, but she says, you know, when I think of blues music, and I love blues music, she says, I'm at a live event. It's always about being live. And, and that was an interesting point that was brought up to me, Roger, that I thought about is most people, I believe too, because I asked around later what they thought, and they said, oh yeah, it's got to be live, it's got to be live. That live element is really critical to many of these performers. 
And that's the introduction to a lot of people is uh, going to a, a dance, like we have uh, blues dance parties throughout the year, and people want to dance to, mm -hmm. uh, and blues music you can dance to because it's slow, it's quick, it's boogie music, it, there's lots of different steps. Lots of variations. People love, we have a lot of people that come just because they can dance. They're not necessarily into the blues. Yeah. They want music that they can dance to, and that's blues provides that. And you know, it, because it's blues, it has this element of blue color. It's relaxed. The people that I see at the blues events, I've seen them at other events, and they're dressed to the heels at the other events. But here, they're wearing a little bit more casual clothes, and they're they're just kind of grooving and moving around the dance floor and enjoying themselves. And the music, I mean, it's really unbelievable how good live blues music is. We're going to continue our conversation with Roger Slug, historian at the Reno Blues Society, and Dr. Karen Gedney, author of 30 Years Behind Bars, the book after this. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. Hi, I'm Chris from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Cindy from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Jody from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Now is the time of year when insects, pests, and rodents are the most active and they want to get inside of your home. Stop those critters and bugs from coming into your home. Call us here at Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604. Or visit tmpestcontrol.com. TM Pest, we are licensed and insured in Nevada. Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Control, Control is, is what, what it's, it's all about. about. Truckee Meadows Pest Control is locally owned and operated. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our radio show today. A lot of people that listen to our radio show, well, they maybe are going to buy a home. They bought a home. They might be investors that have one or two or three or more real estate properties. The rental market is hot, so more and more people are thinking about becoming real estate investors. Before you do that, I suggest that you talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International. Sherry is a wealth protection diva, and she's helped many people start off on their real estate investing Careers, adventures, if you will. You'd be amazed how good things can happen if you have the right setup for your real estate holdings. Sherry can give you tons of advice on being a great real estate investor. Get started by giving her a call for a free one-hour consultation. 800-254-5779. Ask for Sherry Hill and tell her Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, we're talking about real estate and real estate for investors, along with a big event that's coming up later in Northern Nevada. It's the 25th anniversary of the Reno Blues Society. It's their dance party, and boy, it's going to be fun. Dr. G is with us. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Dr. G, do you like to dance? I love to dance, and I am going to that event. And oh, I no. asked Roger for the <laughs> correct attire, <laughs> and he said it's a relaxed retire. It is a relaxed. Some people think it might be top hat and cane, but it's not. It's it very is a relaxed <laughs> retire. It's very relaxed, and uh, I've been to a number of the events that the Reno Blues Society has, uh, has, has uh, offered to the community, and it's not just once a year that there's events from the Reno Blues Society. Roger, I recently went to the spring dance, mentioned that the last time we chatted, but I think our listeners need to know. That was really incredible. A fun, fun time was had by all, a great dance floor, 
at Coaches 2 over Coaches on McCarran. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about it. Well, we had two bands, two local bands, which that kept the price down because mm-hmm. we didn't bring in a headliner. But we had two <coughs> good local blues dance bands, yeah. Joker's Wild and Blue Haven. Uh-huh. And, uh, boy, they had everybody. Everybody was up and dancing. Yeah. And Coaches is kind of interesting because that was one of the smaller venues that we use. Mm-hmm. But the dance floor was, was full. It, oh yeah, we, intimate. We if took you over will. the whole place. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it really had a great feel and great acoustics there too. Mm-hmm. The sound was so good. The bands were great. Live music is something that you really don't get as often as you used to in the old days. It seemed like you go to many places, small uh, coffee houses, small bars. You know, and more and more are going to either digital or no music at all. But this was a really great event. Now the 25th anniversary is coming up, and the headliner. I've talked about him, but. Let our listeners know about the big man that's coming well, to town. 25 years ago, we started the Reno Blues Society back in 93, and the first headliner we had that summer was Roy Rogers, a young Roy Rogers, and the Delta Rhythm Kings. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he is still, now he's an experienced blues man, probably the best slide guitarist in the country. Mm-hmm. So he's coming back, he's agreed to come back at a special rate because he's a lifetime member of the Reno Blues Society because mm-hmm. of that first event. Yes. And he's coming back to celebrate our 25th anniversary. And wow. he's bringing his band, so it's going to be awesome. Some of the older people that are listening, like myself, uh, I'm listening and I'm older. We hear Roy Rogers. We think of somebody else. Oh, right. When I was a young man, five, six, seven years old, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans program was on television. It's the Singing Cowboy, a lot of fun, uh, very wholesome and I did a little bit of research about Roy Rogers, the slide guitarist. And Roger, it said it said that he was named after that same performer, after the original Roy Rogers. Oh, Roy a was tribute. Big. He was big back, at, oh, yeah, back this in that time. Yeah, yeah, he was, you know, singing cowboy, a roper. He did so many movies. Um, and what's really neat is that the um, the consistency of both Roy Rogers is still there. Twenty five years later, after 1993. Roy Rogers, the musician, the slide guitarist, is still playing, and he's better than ever because recently I had a chance to listen to some of his works from the 80s, from the 90s, the 2000s, early 2000s, and today the man just gets better and better. It's unbelievable. It sounds like he's got three hands. Well, the really great guitarist, that's that's kind of a common thing because if you listen to Robert Johnson, when people listen to him for the first time, they go, yeah, he's great, but who's the second guitarist? Right. No, there's just one guitarist there. And Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix not only played his guitar backwards and upside down, yeah. a right-handed guitar, he played it left-handed. He played lead and rhythm at the same time. Yeah. So it's like these guys, they, they're like multi-instrumentalists, even though it's just them. Yeah, it's really an amazing thing to hear these guys perform. I encourage our listeners to find a Roy Rogers recording you can go online, just Google Roy Rogers Blues Music, pick up a CD at one of the recycled record stores, uh, get it from one of the streaming sources. I think I've got some coming in on Django. I would check maybe Pandora, but just check it out. Roy Rogers. You will be amazed at the kind of music this is. And, you know, he's mostly instrumental. And what I really like about it, Roger, is, you know, I talked about this, he kind of makes that guitar talk. 
Well, yeah, because it's it, that's the range that the that's why the guitar is so popular in jazz and and rock and and blues because it's that level of sound that matches the human voice. Mm -hmm. So when someone is singing and someone's playing guitar, it's like a duet. Mm -hmm. They're playing back and forth to each other, and the tenor saxophone is like that too. It's in that same range, mm -hmm. so it sounds like someone is speaking to you. When yeah. John Coltrane plays, he's speaking to you with that tenor saxophone unlike a bass or something like that. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's that range of sound. The guitar, that's why the electric guitar became so great in, in rock and roll and blues. If anybody is checking out Roy Rogers, the blues musician, and Googling to find some of his music, you're also going to find that he performed quite a bit of music, and, and he may be still performing with a gent named Norton Buffalo. And Norton Buffalo, his, his expertise comes with the harmonica. Right. You tie a harmonica together with a slide guitar, and you get some amazing, amazing sounds. Um, I want to talk to you about more amazing sounds in a blues music genre, because I know you brought some vinyl for us to talk about. Yeah, well, just, just quickly to mention Norton. Norton has passed, and they played here together about a dozen years ago. In fact, we had them over, over to the house. They played a house party for us. I looked up, I said, you know, that looks just like Roy Rogers and Norton Buffalo that came in. And that, but that's no who it was. Oh, wow. They came and played it. I did that, not at, know at that Norton party. had passed. But Norton has passed, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of good music he left in his wake. Yes, indeed. And as I mentioned, we, you, you have some vinyl we're going to be talking about when we come back from this break. And we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Carradine Gedney about her book, 30 Years Behind Bars, after this quick message. SunTech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer Screening Products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening. Hi, I'm Chris from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Cindy from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Jody from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Now is the time of year when insects, pests, and rodents are the most active and they want to get inside of your home. Stop those critters and bugs from coming into your home. Call us here at Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604. Or visit tmpestcontrol.com. TM Pest, we are licensed and insured in Nevada. Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Control, Control is, is what it's, it's all about. about. Truckee Meadows Pest Control is locally owned and operated. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert, I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. We are back on Nevada Real Estate Radio talking about real estate, real estate for investors, great events happening here in Northern Nevada, great opportunities to entertain your family at your new home or your move up home. One of the things most people want to do though before they invite guests over to the new home, make sure the carpet is looking nice, clean, and pristine. You get that from CJ's recommended carpet care. One of the things that they know most people have is pets, so they are pet stain specialists. As the owner of several dogs, large dogs, Extraction Jackson will do a top job for you. He knows how to make it look good, smell good, and if there's any any problem that you discover afterwards, they'll come back at no charge to you because they value and appreciate your business. I recommend CJ's Carpet Care for the best. You can find them on the web, cjscarpetcare.com, or give them a call, 
1551. Tell them Peter sent you. We're talking about blues music. Maybe the home buyers, they're kind of blues-like because prices are going up so high. We're also talking about blues music because the Reno Blues Society is hosting its 25th anniversary celebration as a dance party this year. It's coming up August 4th, and it's going to be at the Ramada Inn here in northern Nevada. And here talking with us about it is Roger Slug. Roger is a historian, and joining us in the studio, too, is Dr. Karen Gedney. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Dr. G, I bet you heard a little bit of blues music off and on when you were in there. Well, a little bit. But my guys uh, predominantly actually were in the rock and roll in the country type of music. Mm -hmm. And I think blues may be a little bit more in the South or possibly in L.A. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really? So rock and roll and jazz were, of course, that was... Rock and roll and country. All right, so that was in, you, you started your career at this prison in 1987-ish or the 80s, 90s in there. Uh, Roger Slug is our historian here from the Reno Blues Society. Roger, when you hear somebody talking about, you know, rock and roll and blues, that's their main thing. A lot of it really goes back to the blues days, doesn't it? Well, that yeah. When you that's how I found out about the blues was I was a rock and roller, and I started noticing who was writing all the songs, and you know it was it was McKinley Morganfield. Well, who's that? Well, that's Muddy Waters. Mm. Uh, it was Willie Dixon who wrote the songs for Sonny Boy and Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, mm -hmm. the great, greatest blues writer of all time, Willie Dixon. Mm. But, uh, so the, and then you, you, you look at current rockers, or to me current rockers, Led Zeppelin, yeah. uh, look at where their material came from. It's, it's from the blues. Really? So uh, I used to think that blues was a, a sub-account of rock and roll, uh -huh. and it was just kind of, that's a type of rock and roll. Well, no, it's... Blues is the roots, and everything else is the fruits. So mm. they started with blues, and then then we got jazz, then we got rock and roll, and country. Country's been around. Mm -hmm. So uh, and you can play a lot of songs in, in those different ways. You know, you can play a country song with blues, or you mm -hmm. can you can kind of rock a blues song. But the true uh, twelve-bar blues is that's where it started. So mm -hmm. you know, W.C. Handy was, was on a train mm -hmm. and he saw a guy playing at the train station, a, a solo guitarist. That's where the blues started. He wrote that song down in 1903. That was the first blues song that was wow. written. Wow. So it's been around, 2003 was the 100 year anniversary of the blues. That was the year of the blues declared by Congress. Mm -hmm. So that's when the NPR specials came out and the PBS specials came out because 2003 was officially the year of the blues. So a lot that? of great blues happened that year. Yeah. And then since then, it's the blues is dying again. The blues is continually dying and being reborn. So we're kind of in that phase again. We gotta, we gotta make it reborn again. Well, we're talking about keeping the blues alive too, because it, I think it's still there. Maybe people just don't recognize it in its truer form because it's probably still impacting some of the newer music. I wonder if it's hit the, uh, the mom flash scene or the techno scene. Any blues in techno, Taylor? That you can think of? He's, uh, he's shaking his head. It's, it's not in there, is it? Maybe that's something we can do. We can get a digital version, a techno version of the blues. Roger Slug, you're the historian uh, from the Reno Blues Society. I, I have a feeling that, personally, I, I have a feeling that blues is about telling people your troubles. You know, it's, it's, you, you're not talking about all the great things, but you know, it's maybe a way for people to tell their troubles that maybe they aren't comfortable telling their troubles 
otherwise. What do you think of that? Well, and Karen, I just met Karen today, and it's interesting because she was a physician in the prison system. I was the pharmacist at the state psychiatric hospital for 25 years. Wow. That was my career. So wow. that's where you hear about the blues mm -hmm. is people that have mental health problems, mm -hmm. criminal problems. Yes, that's, that's it. They're depressed. They, they have problems, so the, and that's the blues. But blues music is a way to get out of that. It's a way to express yourself, mm -hmm. but then how do I get out of having the blues? Saturday night fish fry, you know, I'm gonna go to a dance and drink some beer and have some fun. And that's the blues, is, mm. is how do I get out of the blues? Uh-huh, uh-huh, interesting. But Very the blues is about a, a good man and a bad woman, or a, you know, a bad, <laughs> the other way around. That's what the blues is, is you, you fall in love, you get dumped on, you got to express yourself somehow. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. Maybe like, um, well, today's country. I know, I know some country aficionados, and what they love about country music is that it's a story. There's, it's not just the music, and it's not just the instruments, but there's a, a story there, and we all love stories, and and blues music is that too, Roger. I've heard some really sad stories, and some of the best music I've ever heard at the same time. Because that's really what a lot of blues music is about. The, the best blues book I ever read was called Blues, The Story of Life. Mm. And that's what blues is. It's mm -hmm. the story of life. Yeah. Well, if I had a title for a blues song, it would be Nothing's Easy. Because it isn't. I mean, everything in the world. If seems... I could write a song, it would be If Trouble Was Money. <laughs> 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 You'd be a wealthy man. I'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. G is with us. She wrote 30 Years Behind Bars. And Dr. G, some of the things I, I like about uh, about the book are the, well, the the intimacy, and you get intimacy in these chapters of your book to a large degree by the illustrations, I think, that are in there. So talk to us about these fantastic illustrations that are in 30 Years Behind Bars. Well, the beginning of each chapter has an illustration done by actually one of my ex-inmates, Ismail Santianis. And he was not only very creative in art, he mm -hmm. was creative in poetry, creative writing, could do art in everything from pastels to stippling to Japanese things. He was quite extraordinary. And I find that a lot of individuals who many times end up in prison, they don't get their creative talents or know they're creative until they end up there and have to express it some way. Maybe they're so busy committing crimes, they don't have a chance to really focus on some of the things that they're inherently good at. Could that be it? I think it's more that many of them are just trying to survive. Well, there you go. They don't that have too. time. That's why the they're committing the crime. Yeah, you're right. I've I've heard of that many many times. Where until you have, you know, you're kind of up against a wall. You're backed into a corner. Uh, that's really when your best creativity can come out is when you absolutely have to have it. And when you're in prison, Dr. G, I've never been in prison. I've known a few people that have been in prison, but I would imagine as an inmate in prison, you really have to find a way to deal with the time that's ahead of you because you're in there for a, a certain amount of time. you got to get through it one way or the other. Do you suppose maybe that as Ishmael looked at that time ahead of himself, he figured out, i got to do something with this time to make it pass. And maybe that's how this came about. Well, I think he was fortunate on a number of accounts, mainly because he was young, he was inquisitive, and they had a creative writing teacher at that time, mm -hmm. Sean Griffin, who actually is the Nobel Poet Laureate for the state, who was teaching in the prison. 
And once Izzy was exposed to education, the light went off. And once the light went off, it never went off. He mm. pursued art and poetry, creative writing, all those sorts of things. Uh, if you don't mind my asking, what was his crime to get him into prison? Uh, it was murder <laughs> when he was young. Oh, wow. And he did, I don't know, maybe 35 or 36 years before oh. he left. Wow. Wow. And he is still alive? Uh, he is, is out, out and uh, the last I know, he's in California and been out five or six years. Mm surviving as a construction guy when mm -hmm. he's really an artist. Well, we're looking at his art and your sketches in 30 Years Behind Bars, the book, I'm looking at this chapter, chapter three, I'm sorry, chapter nine, and it's called, this particular one is called Post Moth. There's a beautiful rose there, and it is looks like it's a get well scroll. Uh, I don't want to give away the highlights of the book, but what I can tell our listeners is this, every one of those images tells more, much more than a thousand words. There's a lot of story behind this particular image, I know. Yeah, and it's also the type of artwork where the more you look at it, the more you see. Yes, yes. It really, it really does let your mind uh, wander a little bit and imagine what's beyond the piece of art that we're, look like, that we're looking at. It's uh, that and more that we're looking at here on the various pages of 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. We're also talking about blues music today, Dr. G. Were there music programs for the prisoners while you were at, uh, as, acting as a prison doctor for those 30 years? Yes, there were. The best one was put together by Mary Harrison, who ran a program called True Grit for the older guys. Mm -hmm. And she got an organization called jailhouse guitars to donate guitars and mm -hmm. musical instruments mm -hmm. to this old guy program. Turns out a fair amount of those old guys had been truly musicians mm. in their younger life, and they put together their own groups. And now I understand that the notable music therapy group has come into not only Warm Springs Prison, but Northern Nevada Correctional Center in Carson City, where they take guys, help them write the music, perform the music, and then the little dignitaries come in and get their pictures with the guys who have done that sort of program. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. It's all part of your world. And uh, I bet it's, well, I would think it's, you know, when I would retire from one career or another, it's kind of hard to get away from it sometimes. You, you still keep up with what's happening in the prison world and uh, politics of prison, Dr. G, or new changes that are taking place across the country? Well, I think everyone's wired differently. There are a lot of people who work in the prison, and when they leave, they're like, hallelujah, I'm never going to uh -huh. think about it again. Yep. And then I'm wired differently. I was never wired for the incarceration. I was <laughs> wired to heal and diagnose and make things better, and that will never stop. Well, that's certainly evident in your book, 30 Years Behind Bars. I'm encouraging our listeners to check it out. It's for sale on Amazon.com. Check it out. And if you want to find out more about Dr. G, you can visit her website, discoverdrg.com. That stands for doctor, discoverdrg.com. Great website. We're going to continue our conversation with her and Roger Slug, historian from the Reno Blues Society, after this message. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. 
With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Chris from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Cindy from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Jody from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Now is the time of year when insects, pests, and rodents are the most active and they want to get inside of your home. Stop those critters and bugs from coming into your home. Call us here at Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604. Or visit tmpestcontrol.com. TM Pest, we are licensed and insured in Nevada. Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Control Control is what it's all about. Chucky Meadows Pest Control is locally owned and operated. My name is Peter Padilla. I'm your host here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Glad to be with you today. We're in our 13th year of weekly radio shows, and we've helped people make great decisions. Thousands of people, in fact, make great decisions when it comes to buy or sell real estate. You have to know what you don't know. And many times, I know we all want to think we're the smartest people in the world because we've got the Internet, but that's not the case. When you're looking to buy or sell real estate, you need a pro, somebody that knows the area, preferably a lifelong resident, and somebody that has the professionalism to take care of your transaction in the right way. I recommend Dan Ryder. Dan is the broker and owner of Nevada Home Connections here in Northern Nevada. He grew up in Northern Nevada. It's just amazing to ride around with him and have him describe to me some of the neighborhoods and what they looked like when he was a young boy, but he's helped people find that right home, and many times you have to know the history of the home and the surrounding areas before you're really confident it's the right decision. I recommend you call Dan Ryder at 775-742-3376 or visit nvhomeconnections.com. I am talking with two great guests in the studio today. We have Roger Slug. He's the historian at the Nevada, at the Reno Blues Society here in Northern Nevada, and also Dr. G. Karen Gedney is her name, and she is the author of 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. Hope you're enjoying being with us today, Dr. G. I am. It's fun to talk about dance and music and all that stuff, but, you know, we all have troubles in the world, and many people have had troubles, and they get into blues music, either performing it, listening to it, writing it. Uh, many of us, uh, even little problems, uh, when we can sing about them, sometimes we feel better. So that's what we're talking about, blues music. And Roger Slug has brought some vinyl for us to talk about and take a look at what you got today, Roger. Well, I went to the other end of the shelf. As you know, last time it was all W's. All so W's, this time yes. we'll see what we have. This is the James Cotton Blues Band. Of course, James, one of the greatest blues harmonica players of all time, played mm-hmm. with Muddy Waters. Then he set out on his own, mm-hmm. just recently passed. But... Uh, Great, great harmonica player. James And, and he Cotton. used to be a great singer until he lost his voice. Mm. But uh, He looks a little bit like, uh, oh gosh, uh, Eddie Murphy there in, his, in that picture. He's yeah. kind of yeah. got that big he look. He does. Yeah. What's up next? Okay. You'll like this one. Weldon Jukeboy Bonner, the mm. Texas blues troubadour. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, he's uh, an interesting character. And uh, again, juke, juke joints and the juke music, that's another kind of subcategory. Mm-hmm. The juke joints used to be all over the South. They're pretty much gone now. Now that means a little bar with a jukebox. A little teeny bar with a juke, you know, a, a box that uh, you can play. You can put some money in them. You get some music out of. But so, they have live music too. Yeah. So today's younger generation, they probably don't even know what a jukebox is. Well, they might. There, there are diners that have little those little machines on the table. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. where you slide your card and you pay. It's that's called a the internet. That's a teeny one, but yeah, not no, the that's, big I'm sorry, ones. wrong restaurant. Okay. What else you got? I've got Low Blows, an anthology of Chicago harmonica blues. So several harmonica players here. Big Walter with Carrie Bell, uh, Big Guitar Red, Big Leon Brooks, a lot of big people here. Mojo Buford, Easy Baby, and Joe Carter with Big John Wrencher, another big. Wow, that's a lot of big people. A lot of big. It's big. So you got to be big to blow Chicago (laughs) harmonica because it used to be that it wasn't uh, amplified. So to hear the harmonica, in fact, we talked last time about Sonny Boy Williamson was the one who brought the harmonica forward. Mm. It was always at the back of the stage. Mm. He stepped out front. Oh, really? And, and then little Walter was the one who amplified harmonica. Wow. So he could make that sound to keep up with Muddy Waters, who amplified the electric guitar. Mm-hmm. So he could be heard in Chicago. They were still playing the Mississippi blues, but they were in Chicago juke joints, so mm. they couldn't be heard over the crowd. Chicago Blues, the early 50s, we got Homesick James, Babyface Leroy, Little Walter, Eddie Boyd, uh, Junior Wells. The first blues album, Junior Wells, Mm. was Hoodoo Man Blues, the Mm -hmm. first full album of blues music. And Junior played with Muddy Waters. And uh, Johnny Young, Floyd Jones, Big Walter, Robert Nighthawk, John, all these great guys from early Chicago. And uh, that's still the most famous kind of blues, the Chicago, Chicago blues. Chicago blues, yeah, very nice. And then we got Detroit blues, as if there wasn't another big urban place that had a lot of blues. It's kind of like pizza, you know, from one <laughs> town to another. You got your Chicago pizza, you got your South pizza, you got your here. You got your D- Detroit blues. And again, the early '50s. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, Baby Boy Warren, we got Dr. Ross, we got Bobo Jenkins, Eddie Kirkland, uh, the Detroit Count. Uh, we've got John Lee Hooker, probably the most famous, most famous guy to yeah. come out of Detroit mm-hmm. playing the blues. Yeah. And One String Sam with his song, I Need $100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the blues. If you uh, need some bucks. Give me some money. I need some money. What, what's this last one here? We'll Finally, we got uh, Blacktop Blues live at Tippy Tina's in New Orleans. Ooh. We got Nappy Brown, Earl King, Ronnie Earl, and uh, James Thunderbird Davis. Mm. Obviously, Thunderbird, because that when he sang, it was like, Wow. Didn't need a microphone. You could hear the guy. Wow. So uh, that's the collection today. Beautiful. You know, I love talking about vinyl because I I love looking at vinyl. When you're looking at a vinyl cover, you really see a big part of history, and you're getting a multimedia look at what the musician does, has done. In many cases, you have the words, you have the lyrics, you have all sorts of data that you can't get if you just stream the music. So the music is great and you can stream it and enjoy it, but if you really want to learn more about blues, I recommend you visit the Reno Blues Society at their website, that's renoblues.org, or go to one of the uh, the vinyl stores, records, and check out the blues seg- segment of their offerings. And you'll be amazed with some of the great stuff that you can find there and really can expand your palate into blues music. Dr. G, you have been doing some research on Dr. On, uh, rather on blues music yourself. What, what, have you, what have you found lately? 
well, I find this sort of interesting. This guy was known as Leadbelly, but it's Huddy William Leadbetter. And what I find fascinating is that he was one of the really early, early blues guys, born in 1888. Mm. But what I find interesting, because I've got that prison connection, is he ended up in prison in 1918 uh, because he'd been fighting with one of his relatives and killed him. Uh -huh. He ended up with a seven to 35 year sentence in Texas. Mm -hmm. Now, what's fascinating is Ledbetter, actually because of his ability to play music, and mm -hmm. supposedly this guy was great on a 12 string guitar, but he also played piano, mandolin, harmonica, violin, and win a diatonic accordion. Mm. Not exactly sure. They have a picture of the accordion. Brings back bad memories for me because as a German child, I had to play the accordion. But You're the forced to. <laughs> yes, but the fascinating thing is that his singing and entertaining was so great that the governor, after seven years, allowed him out of prison. Now, wow. that is a testament to the blues and what music can do. Well, that got him some. Now, he must have been and a model prisoner. out of prison. Was he a yes. model prisoner besides? Did that well, help him? Well, that did help. But imagine, <laughs> early 1900s, Texas, yeah. murder. Yeah, yeah. And you do seven to 35 years, and they give him seven and let him go. And according to this, it was because combined with good behavior, mm. which included entertaining the guards. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And fellow prisoners and his appeal to Neff's strong religious beliefs mm -hmm. proved sufficient. And you there know, he had his persuasive powers and out the door he was. You know, you got to use your best assets. <laughs> I've heard right. that many, many times. Use those assets and it'll get you someplace. And... Uh, it certainly helped this guy, Led Belly. I figured he probably got named. His real name was Led Better, right? Yes, Led Better. He must have been teased by the other kids. Hey, Led Belly. Hey, Led Belly. Boy, he got back at them, right? He became a famous blues musician. Took it, one life along the way, but hey, he still is famous. And according to this, Led Belly, or Led Better, mm -hmm. was the first American country blues musician to achieve success in Europe. Wow. The first one. That's sort yeah. of impressive. Well, that's, um, it's very impressive. It is impressive. It's all impressive when you think about the fact that we're going to have great blues music coming to northern Nevada. Dr. G's going to be there. Roger Slug is going to be there. I'm going to be there. I hope we all are going to be there. It's the 25th anniversary of the Reno Blues Society. It's all happening August 4th at the Ramada Inn. Great entertainment from the top biller. Roy Rogers and the Delta Rhythm Kings. Man, this guy can rock, he can roll, he can boogie, he can even woogie. I mean, I've heard so much good music since I've been checking out this guy, Roy Rogers, and he's gonna be coming here August the 4th. Roger, any final thoughts about the Big Blues Party? And what's exciting to me is the opening band is the original opening band for Roy 25 years ago. Ooh. So the lo local musicians, and we're inviting back the blues all-stars that have since become a little more famous and left town, we're inviting them all back to play in the all-star blues uh, for the opening band. Very good. Get your tickets now at the website, renobluesociety.org. Dr. G, I'm glad you came to visit with us today. Your book, 30 Years Behind Bars, it's available for sale on Amazon. I highly recommend it to any of our listeners, and if you love to read, this is a great read, Dr. G. This was like a movie on paper. Don't wait for the movie. Get this book. It's a fantastic book. Dr. G, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Peter. And thank you, 
Roger. Thank you, Karen. Nice to talk to you. I did want to mention to our listeners who are waiting for that real estate update that there was a great article in a recent newspaper, Northern Nevada, by Jock Ochiltree. He's a former guest, pre- previous guest. I'm sure we'll have him back soon. But he's a realtor at Realty, um, um, Express Realty. And he wrote some things to us today and to our his readers about the secret of median home prices. You know, it's been noted that the median home price in Northern Nevada is about $400,000. And sometimes that can scare people off. He wants people to understand, and I totally agree with him, is that that truly means just half sold for more than that and half sold for less. Well, it doesn't mean that $400,000 is your price to buy a home. If you compare Reno and Sparks together and average it out, it's down to three seventy-five. But there were still 242 homes that sold for even less than $300,000. Now, that doesn't understate the issues of rising home prices, um, but the fact is there are still as many as 44 homes selling for less than $250,000 in the recent months. And if you look at condominiums and townhomes, homes, well, you might even get down into the 200. So don't let the $400,000 median home price scare you away. Talk to a great real estate professional like Dan Ryder, who we talked about earlier, or do your research. It might well be the best time of your life to purchase a home. If you have questions and you'd like to visit with us, give us a call anytime after the show, 775-786-5511 here at Nevada Real Estate Radio, and we will talk with you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.